to talk to you this morning about entering your new beginnings. I thank God that Pastor Henry's got a word from the Lord and prophetically, and he named this year and he claimed this year as a year of the beginning of new beginnings. I want to build on the foundation that Pastor Henry has laid, new beginnings, entering your new beginnings individually, entering your new beginnings as, as a couple, as a family, entering your new beginnings as a church. God is the God of new beginnings. Even his name tells us, what does God say? I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. The God is the God of beginnings. You know, church, it doesn't matter what your past has been like. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, the mess maybe you feel that you've got yourself into. The Bible tells me that God is the God of new beginnings. You remember the man called Jacob? You know, the young man called Jacob, he was a conniving schemer, supplanter, crook, and a greedy guy, cheated his brother, tricked his father, lied, and all that kind of things to get his own way. But when he ran, when he felt that he had blown it and he ran away from God, God came and visited him one night. You know, and he saw the heavens open and the angels ascending and descending. And what did God say to him? God didn't look at Jacob and say, Jacob, man. What a rascal. <coughs> what a terrible boy you are. What terrible things you've no. done. God never said a word. <clears throat> God never rebuked him. God just looked at Jacob and said, Jacob, I am your God. I'm your father's God. I am with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring back this, you to this land, and I'm going to prosper you. And you got your descendants are going to own the land. New beginnings. Yeah. And God gave Jacob such new beginnings that he even changed his name. He said, no longer are people going to call you a cheat and a liar and a conniving schemer. Your name from now on. I'm going to give you new beginnings and I'm going to give you a new name. And your name is going to be Israel, the prince with God. God is the God of new beginnings. What is done for Jacob, he wants to do for each and every one of you here. No matter what you've done, no matter what kind of a mess you've created in the past, put your past behind you because God has got brand new beginnings for each and every one of you here this morning. Amen. You know, Moses is another guy. He took matters into his own hands. You know, he was the prince of Egypt. He had power, he had position, he had authority, he had charisma. He was a gifted orator. He was a learned man. He had such a position of authority. Prince of Egypt. One day he took matters into his own hands and he blew it. And he blew the plan of God. And he thought, you know, 40 years in the wilderness that I've blown it, I've had it. You know, God's got no more plans for me. I am totally finished. I am kaput. I am finished. You know, I am Habis, you know, but God said, no, 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 no. I am the God of new beginnings, Moses. Moses, Moses, I am sending you, and I'm going to raise you up from the ashes, and I'm going to make you the deliverer of my people. What God did for Moses, he wants to do for each and every one of you today. Hallelujah. Today is a day of new beginnings for you. <clears throat> What he did for Moses, he'll do for you. What he did for Jacob, he'll do for you. Peter, 
Another guy, <clears throat> Peter, he denied Jesus. He followed Jesus for three years. Peter, the big mouth. Peter, the presumptuous guy. Peter, the man that was so full of uh, self-assurance. Peter looked at Jesus and said, Lord, even though all these other dodos around you deny you, I will never deny you. I am your best man. You can count on me. What did he do? Next minute, he denies. He swear and he cursed. And he said, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. What are you talking about? I don't know this man. He denied Jesus. And then he ran and he wept. What did Jesus do? Jesus called him on his resurrection. Peter. Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Look after my sheep. Look after my lambs. Peter, the guy who denied and swore and cursed that he never knew Jesus, he blew it. But God restored him and became the head of the church. What God did for Peter, he wants to do for each and every one of you here today. Yeah, you may have a very struggling business and you may think my business is going to go under. God has got new beginnings for your, miss, for your business. You may come from a very stale, dying and maybe even a dead marriage, but God has got new beginnings for your marriage. Yeah, you may come from a family that is in strife and conflict and everybody's disconnected and dysfunction. There's so much dysfunction in your family, but you know what? God is a God of new beginnings and he wants to give your family new beginnings. Beginnings, yeah. You know, some of your hopes may be dashed, some of your dreams may be broken and shattered, but you know what? God is the God of resurrection. He wants to give your dreams and your hopes and your visions a brand new beginnings today. Amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand with you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the God of new beginnings. I love the story of Luke 15. Jesus telling about the prodigal son, the son who blew it, the son who was greedy, the son who was rebellious, the son who was self-centered, the son who said to the father, Dad, I ain't going to wait around till you kick the bucket. I can see there's a lot of money in this place here. I want half of it. I want my share, and I want it now. And he took his share of the money, and he ran away, and he partied all day, all night, and he wasted everything. And the Bible tells us that this prodigal son squandered, wasted everything that the father had worked so hard for. But when he came back, what happened? The father didn't challenge him. The father didn't rebuke him. The father didn't curse him. The father didn't call all the heads of the villages and say, here comes my rebellious son according to the book of Deuteronomy and Numbers and Leviticus. Let's stone him to death. No. The father gave him new beginnings. The father says, wow, my son is back. Bring me the rope. Bring me the ring. Bring me the sandals. We're going to party. My son is back. New beginnings. Today, don't let guilt and shame and failure block you. Don't let all those rubbish keep you from fulfilling the dreams and the visions and the calling of God on your life. God wants to clothe you with brand new ropes of righteousness. Amen. God wants to you know, put new shoes on your feet so that you can walk closer with him this time. God wants to put new ring on your finger to give you authority so that you can live in victory and so that you can live with purpose, passion, and power. God is the God of new beginnings. Praise you, Jesus. You know, and church, listen, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how hard it seems, right? 
Some of you may sit here and listen to me, listening to me right now. And you say, Pastor Benny, that's all fine. Those are all lovely words, but you don't know my situation. No, I don't. Pastor Benny, you have no idea how long it's been, 10 years, 5 years, 20 years. It's been a long time. It doesn't matter. Pastor Benny, you don't know how hard it is. We fight all the time. We are seeing lawyers. We're looking at divorce. We're looking at this. The kids are going wild. Pastor Benny, my children are in drugs and in bad company. You don't know how bad and how hard it is. No, I don't. But it doesn't matter. Because God is sovereign. He's the supernatural almighty God. He's the God of new beginnings. You know what? Long, long ago, in a place far, far away, and I'm talking about Egypt, you know, the people of God were slaves for 430 years. Now, is that a long time? How many of you have had a problem for 430 years? Put your hands up. 420? What about 350? I'm not going to lower than 300. <laughs> yeah. The people of God were slaves for 430 years. That's a long time. They were slaves. They were beaten. They had no rights. That's bad. They had no identity. They had no property. They had no possessions. They were just slaves. That's hard. But you know what? Out of the blue, after 430 years, Moses rocks up. And just say, hey, listen up, people. I've got good news for you. God has got new beginnings for you. Isn't that exciting? 430 years, God rocks, Moses rocks up. I've got, God's got new beginnings for you. Now, I'm not Moses, okay? Yeah, and I know you haven't been slaves for 430 years, but I am still delivering the same message. God it has New beginnings for you. Your Pastor Henry sought the Lord last year, and Pastor Henry was given the revelation 2019. Tell Grace Assembly 2019, the beginning of new beginnings. Yeah. So, my job this morning, or my sense of calling this morning, or my responsibility, and what I feel led to do this morning is to build on the foundation that Pastor Henry has laid. New beginnings, new beginnings. How do you and I, together, we, enter the new beginnings that God has for us? How do we do that? Okay? How do we do that? Hey, listen. You can't enter your new beginnings with the same old mindset. Say with me, I can't. It'll be good if we all did it together. Okay, yeah. Just say with me together. I can't. Enter my new beginnings with the same old mindset. You can't. You can't. You know, new wine, new wineskins. Yeah. So God has, listen, He has new beginnings for your business. He has new beginnings for your vision. He has new beginnings for your ministry. He has new beginnings for your marriage and for your family. He has got new beginnings for you in your personal life, in your financial life, in your spiritual life. But you can't enter your new beginnings and experience it and encounter it with the same old, same old mindsets. You need a new mindset. You see, when you look at this passage here, when God sent Moses 
and told the people, I've got the promised land for you. You're going to be slaves, and you're not going to be slaves anymore. God has got brand new beginnings for you. Everybody got excited. You know, and according to Bible scholars, some two million or three million people got up and they left Egypt, right? And, and the Bible tells me that 603,000 of them were men 20 years and over. You know, the sad thing is, even though they had a promise of brand new beginnings, you know, out of the 603,000 men that went out to go in, only two got in, Joshua and, and Caleb. And why did God say only two would get in? Because the Bible says here very clearly. God says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, and of course including Joshua, because he has a different spirit. Say with me, different. different. Say it again, different. different. Say it again. This time, uh, different from the last time. Different. Different, different. yeah. Different, yeah. The only reason why Joshua, Joshua and Caleb could enter into the promised land and into their new beginnings was because they had a different spirit from all the other ten spies yeah, who came back and they had all sorts of uh, wacky and weird uh, reports. Different spirit, different spirit. You cannot and you will not Enter into your new beginnings with the same old, same old mindset. Well, we've always done this before. We've always believed this. We've always said this. We've always decided that. You know, if you, you know, according to some experts, what is insanity? Insanity is to keep doing the same old things in the same old way and, ex and expect totally different results. You won't get it. You won't get it. God has got brand new beginnings for each and every one of you sitting here, individually, as a family, and as a business, as a ministry, and as a church. But what God is challenging you to do, to rise up, is to have a different spirit. You know, how do we have this different spirit? What does it mean? A different spirit. What does it mean? I believe two things I want to share with you, and there are so many things, of course, uh, that we don't have time to cover, you know, but just two things very quickly. To have, when you have a different spirit, when you have the spirit of Caleb, you know, to enter, to believe for, and to press into the new beginnings, one of the things that will stand out, uh, can, you know, for, uh, with people of a different spirit is you see things differently. Did you hear that? You see things differently. So my challenge to you this morning is to enter into your new beginnings as a church, to enter into your new beginnings in your ministry, in your business, in your family, in your personal life. You've got to learn to see what God sees. What you see is so important. What you focus on with your eyes is so important. This is why the Bible talks about, you know, having to see things. And may the, the eyes of your heart be enlightened. You know, see with the eyes of faith. Don't see people. Don't see yourself. Don't see the church. Don't see uh, your business, you know, as they are. But learn to see with the eyes of God. See them as they can be. Did you hear that? Any Tom, Dick, and any Dodo can see things as they are. It doesn't require any faith. 
Oh, this is bad. Oh, no, we're sinking. Oh, no, we're losing. Oh, no, we're going broke. Oh, no, we're going to die. Anybody can see that. But the Bible tells, tells us that people with a different spirit see things differently. They see as God sees. Yeah. You know, you do become what you behold. Yeah. What do you focus on? You do become. Just to give you an idea. See the difference between Caleb and the other ten spies. God sent him out and said, I've got the promised land for you. It is full of, uh, you know, milk. It's a land that is flowing with uh, milk and money. I thought Malaysians will, kick it, will get that quicker, yeah. No, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And, you know, Joshua and Caleb went with those eyes. God says it's a big land, it's a spacious land, it's a good land, it's got milk, it's got honey, it's got all the bees, and where the bees are, they will pollinate, and then there will be veggies, there will be fruit. So they went there looking for fruit, and they came back with this bunch of grapes, so big, so heavy, it took two people to carry it, you see? They went, they were looking for the good things that God promised. They had the eyes of faith. But the Bible tells us that the other ten spies, their eyes were totally different. What does it say? The Bible says, hey, hey, you know, the land through which we have gone, these are the ten unbelievers. They had the eye, they saw through the eyes of fear. The land through which we have gone in spying it out. Oh, it's the land that devours the inhabitants. All the people that we, what? Saw are men of great size. And we saw the Nephilim, the giants, and the sons of Anak, right? And we became like, what? Grasshoppers. How? In our own side. We look at ourselves, what you see here. And we also saw that they saw us. You see, what you see, what you focus on, you become what you behold. What you see is actually what you're going to get. Church, it is time we saw things differently. See things differently. If you ever going to come into your new beginnings, you've got to have new eyes. You've got to have new eyes. Yeah. You've got to put, stop seeing things from the, through the eyes and the lenses of fear, of tradition, and of whatever. You've got to learn to see them, you know, with the eyes of God, you know, through the eyes of faith. Right. See yourself not as you are, but as you can be in God. See situation not as they are, but as they can be in God. See other people not as they are, but as they can be in God. Amen. The greatest example, of course, that you and I know of is in the book of Judges, you know, where Gideon, Gideon was hiding, he was afraid, and he was, uh, you know, trying to sort out some wheat in the wine press. You know, he was just making sure that the enemies, the Midianites, weren't around. So he was just quietly working. And the angel of the Lord just said, Hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon got the shock of his life. He says, Whoa, you talking to me? You know, just like in, Babe, in the Lion King, you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what are you talking about? Who's this mighty man of valor? Like, where is he? And the angel said, hey, 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 I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. He says, I, you see, now listen, through the eyes of faith or the eyes of fear. 
The eyes of fear that get in head, like, whoa, 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 take five. What are you talking about? I'm not a man of valor. You know what? I am the youngest in my family. I'm the runt. I get picked on, you know. My family is the smallest tribe in the whole community. We are the runts. You know, we get picked on. We are the nobodies of the nobodies. That's who we are. You see, as long as Gideon saw himself as a nobody of nobodies, guess what? He did nothing. He did nothing. But God says, I don't see you as a nobody of nobodies. I see you, in you, a mighty valiant warrior. Yeah. And the moment, the moment Gideon saw himself through the eyes of faith, right? And he saw himself not as he was, but as he could be in the hands of the Almighty. Everything changed. Everything changed, yeah. Church, people, listen. Your business will change if you start seeing your business through the eyes of faith. Your family and your marriage will change if you start seeing them through the eyes of faith. Your personal life and your ministry and your business will change when you start seeing, you know, through the eyes of faith. One moment, Gideon was a zero. I'm a nobody. I'm the youngest with the smallest tribe, with the runts, you know. Every, we get picked on. You know, we're the zeros. God says, stop seeing yourself as a zero because I see a hero. Yeah. God wants to turn zeros into heroes today through the eyes of faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Hey, another one, of course, is uh, <clears throat> uh, what you call it in the New Testament, Peter. When Jesus first met him and said, hey, what's your name? He says, ah, I am Peter. And he used the word, I am Peter the reed. You know, the little flimsy little reed. I am Peter the reed that get blown around, you know. No backbone. You know, wherever the wind blows, that's where I am. I'm Peter the reed. Yeah. And Peter says, and Jesus said to him, no, 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 no. Stop seeing yourself as Peter the reed that blows. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to call you from now on. You're going to be Peter the rock. Hallelujah. You see, you see yourself as a reed, but God sees you as a rock. Amen. So turn and change and have the eyes of faith. And then another one, of course, is don't see other people as they are, but see them as they can be. When Saul... The man who hated church, the man who persecuted church, the man who burned down houses and locked up Christians, was rampaging around Jerusalem. You know, he had an encounter with Jesus, and God came to him and appeared, Jesus appeared to him. And guess what? He got touched, he got saved. And the moment he got saved, you know, this is who Paul is. He's a very charismatic guy, he's a very uh, type A leader. He got up and he started going around preaching the gospel. And the word got back to the apostles. Hey, 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 listen, listen. I think a miracle has happened. That guy that used to hate us, the guy that used to want to kill us, his, uh, Saul, somebody, he's now changed. Now he's going around telling people about Jesus. Guess what? All the apostles saw Peter, uh, Saul in the eyes of fear. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. take five, take five. Oh, I don't know about him. Just keep an eye on him. I, don't, I think he could be a spy. I, could, I think he could be planted in us to, to find out about us. Just watch him, watch him, watch him. And the Bible tells us that they kept Saul at the distance. Now, these are the apostles filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Peter and James and John who performed signs and wonders and miracles. But you know what? They put that all aside and they saw the man's soul through the eyes of fear, through the eyes of, uh, of whatever. You know, like, oh, no, 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 keep your distance. I don't like him. I don't trust him. He could be a spy. But you know what? Thank God. There's another apostle by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas, the super encourager. He just said, hey, Peter, James, John, I think you guys got it wrong, man. I think you guys got it wrong. I see that soul full of hate, fanatic, religious nut, but I see something about him. I think there's real potential. Barnabas saw potential in Saul, took him under his wings, and thank God for Barnabas today we had, you know, Paul, one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. Don't see people as they are. See them as they can be in Christ. Your new employee may not be sharp yet. Don't see them as they are. See them as they can be. Your neighbors, your friends, your family. Don't see people as they are, but see them as they can be. Don't see yourself as you are. You may be right here this morning saying, Pastor Benny, you don't understand. I'm struggling with my faith. I've got some addictions. You know, I've tried to do things for Jesus and I've failed and I've made a fool of myself and I've let people down and everybody at Grace look at me and just say, ah, waste of time. People have all written me off. I don't know what to do. You know what? Don't let that discourage you. Start seeing yourself the way Jesus sees you. Amen. Yeah. And the last one I just want to share with you next PowerPoint is the Bible talks about, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, you become what you behold. Church, I'm so excited for you. New beginnings. Pastor Henry's got a word from the Lord. The beginning of new beginnings. God has got brand new beginnings for you. It doesn't matter how bad it's been. God's got brand new beginnings for you. It doesn't matter how long it's been. God has brand new beginnings for you. It doesn't matter how hard it's been, you know, for how many years. God has got brand new beginnings for you. And one of the first things is you've got to have like the spirit of Jacob, of Caleb. Learn to see things, you know, with the eyes of God. Learn to see things through the eyes of faith. And one of the greatest way, of course, is to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Take your eyes off circumstances. Take your eyes off people. Take your eyes off yourself. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because He makes all the difference. He makes all the difference, yeah. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when you hand that situation, when you hand that family, when you start seeing things through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of faith, things totally get transformed. They're totally transformed. Yeah. The greatest, not the greatest, one of the examples is, remember, you know, in, in first Kings, Second Kings chapter 6, the Bible tells us that the Aramites had all come together to surround Elisha, to capture him. And the servant got up first thing in the morning. He goes, oh, no. Oh, Elijah, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up. Elijah said, what's up? He said, oh, you're up, I'm up. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. So what's happening? He says, look, 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 look. All the Aramites, all our enemies have surrounded. We are besieged and we're going to be dead. 
by, by, by noon. And what did Elijah say to him? Hey, 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 listen, buddy. There are more for us than, than against us. Yeah. See, the servant saw the enemy army. Elijah, through the eyes of faith, saw the angels. Yeah. What do you see today? Do you see an army against you, around you, besieging you? Or do you see the angels of God over, above, and beyond them all? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The disciples. Jesus, it's late, man. You've been preaching a long time. Sheesh. Yeah. People falling. Anyway, the people are all hungry. Jesus, send them home. They're all very hungry. You know, angry, a hungry man equals angry man. Send them all home. Send them all home. Yeah. Jesus said, no, no, no. We don't have to send them home. You know, you feed them. I know they're hungry, but we can feed them. What did the disciples do? Like, whoa, what are you talking about? We can feed them? We can't feed them. There are 5,000 men, you know, and in most, like in most churches, the women outnumber the men. So if there were 5,000 men, there are probably about 10,000 women. So that's already 15. And so most of the women, they don't have babysitters and childcare in those days. They come along. There are probably another 5,000 kids. So there's probably between 15 and 20,000 people. And you want us to feed 15 to 20,000 people? Are you nuts? Yeah. Jesus said, what have you got? He said, well, we've got nothing but uh, this kid here. He's got five little buns and two little small sardines, you know. But what good is that? You see, they only saw five little small buns and two little sardines. Many of you are stuck in your situation because you're seeing things in the natural what have you got? Oh, Pastor Benny, I've just got five little buns and two little sardines, you know. What have you got? Oh, Pastor Benny, I've only got three ringgit in my bank account. What have you got? Well, I have got aches and pains everywhere, you know. Yeah. Hey, church, Jesus says, bring the kid to me. They, the disciples, through the eyes of our limitations, saw five little buns and two little sardines. Jesus, through the eyes of faith, saw 12 baskets full left over. Yeah. What do you see? Give the hand, Lord, Lord a hand with you. Hallelujah.